Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. We have been on this series of talks called Basic Training, the Making of a Soldier. And uh, so we've been on this for several weeks now. Today we're going to try and put a bow on it. It's going to try to be the last one. I believe it's going to be the last one. Yes, it's going to be the last one. There you go. I said it. Now you can hold me to it. This is week nine of basic training, the making of a soldier. So uh, we've got your sermon notes available there in your worship guide, or you can get on your phone or iPad, the Version Bible app, and we have sermon notes available. You're watching online, E-Roads family. You can get those there on the website as well at theroads.church. But here at the Roads Church, we get excited because we believe the Bible is God's living word and he wants to speak to us every time we open it. So it's not just a ritual. When we get this baby out, it is alive. So we get a little excited about it. So if you have your Bibles, E-Roads, Mount Carmel, Nora City, get them out. Let's open them. Matthew chapter 28. Woo! Matthew 28. Did a great job by the worship team this morning, that song, that video. Anybody hyped about that video? Are you available? It's one, been one of my favorite songs for a long time, and I've been excited about uh, the potential for us to do it. And uh, what a great job by our video crew, our production crew, putting that together. Big shout out to all of our crew that, make, that was in the video, the people serving. If you're not serving on the crew, hey, jump on. We need you. You have some gifts and talents that need to be used, and we just want to make a slot for you to use what God's given you. So we're thankful for the crew. Guys are doing a great job of helping us reach people all around the globe, even in the midst of COVID-19. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 28, I'm going to read through this. I'm just going to jump into verse 18 for some time's sake. It says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I just welcome you and ask you to come. Let's thank you for your presence. I pray on every screen. I pray for Mount Carmel location. I pray right here in North City. I pray for every home. I pray for the presence of God to manifest right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we want your glory to fill every heart to know that you are with them, that you are available. No matter what they're going through, no matter the challenge or difficulty they're facing, that, Lord, you are available. And so, Lord, we just ask you to come hang out with us and let truth be spoken. Jesus, I want you to be the centerpiece, and I want you to get all the glory. It's all about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. 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 The first couple weeks of this series, we started talking about being engaged in warfare and uh, as good soldiers of Jesus Christ, we talked about how soldiers are not trained for the barracks, but they're actually trained for battle. They're not trained to hang out in the barracks. They're trained to get out and actually fight the battle. In military basic training, they don't teach you how to hide and avoid conflict. They actually teach you how to overcome it. They're preparing you for it. They, they're telling you it's coming. Be ready for it. So when you go into a, in the military as a soldier, it's not, well, I'm going to enlist and hope we never have any adversity. You don't go in there. You go in there to be prepared for adversity. Same thing as soldiers for the kingdom of God in church. This is why we're wanting to prepare soldiers in the kingdom of God and not just church attenders. 
Too long in the church has been satisfied with people just attending and checking a box. And I'm telling you, it's coming to a place and time in history where the church has to be ready to engage in battle. The word of warfare. It's the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. Good versus evil. I'll be talking about this uh, in the coming weeks, and I've, I try not to get too ahead of myself on it, but I just want you to be prepared about what's coming. We're making soldiers here, not just seat fillers. Just trying to let some things run around the track there. But <laughs> in week three, in week three, we jumped over to Matthew 28, and we camped out here for a little bit and roasted some marshmallows, and two things I gave you every soldier needs to know, two things every believer, every person, every person taking up oxygen, 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 uh, needs to know. Need to know these two. Number one, mission. Need to know your mission in life. Your purpose. Why are you alive? You got to know it. You got to know your direction. Where are you going? Number two, you need to know the rules of engagement, which tells you how to fulfill your mission. Deals with authority. We talked about all of that. So today, here's the theme for today. Are you ready? The theme for today is, are you available for your mission? Get it? That's how we went with the video and the song. Available. Are you available? <laughs> That's why they didn't have me singing. Are you available for your mission? Your mission is available for you. My mission is available for me. The question is, am I available for it? The moment that you were conceived in the womb, mission was on the inside of you. Purpose was on the inside of you. Notice I didn't say the moment you came out. The moment you were conceived, mission was placed on the inside of you. You've got mission. So it's a matter, are we going to engage that mission or are we going to let it lie and let somebody else fulfill their, their mission? You individually, you have your own. God's calling you into that. So we're going to talk about that today. So what is the mission? Verse 19, Jesus said, here's your mission. Go Therefore, and make disciples of all nations. We talked about making disciples really being one word, disciple. It's a verb that means to train, teach, or instruct. Go train, teach, or instruct nations. That's what he was saying. Now, when I use the words, or the Bible uses the words, make disciples of all nations, most people get intimidated and check out because they hear nations and they think countries. They hear disciple, they hear discipleship, and it's like, I got... Here's what you need to understand when he says disciple nations. All he's saying, nations represents people, disciple represents teach, train, instruct. instruct. So he's telling you and I, go out, teach, train, and instruct your people. Don't think foreign nations all the time, although I love going to the nations. Your nations may be your neighbor. Your nations may be the person in the locker right beside you. Your nation may be the person at the cubicle right beside you. Your nation could be the school teacher that's in the, across the hallway from you. Discipling nations is not something we should get separated from. It's something we need to get connected to. In other words, you need to ask yourself, Lord, what's my nation? Who are my people? It could be your family, your coworkers, your friends, all that. That's your, your nation. So he says disciple nations. This is what he's talking about. The transformation of society through transformation of the individual. It's important for us in Christianity. Important for us in these times. When we talk about transformation of society, a lot of times we just start talking about we need to change laws. That's another topic that we'll get into. But we need to talk about transforming our neighbor before we worry about transforming laws. 
We pass by individuals to get to a concept that's so separate from us that excuses us from personal responsibility. Oh, Jesus, come on. We, we want to talk about this big global concept that we can tweet about and post about out there and forget about the responsibility we have to the person right beside us. Let's transform culture by transforming some individuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Jesus. So what if, I'm going to give you two questions. What if our mission in life was not about the accomplishments we pursue for ourselves, but about the person we become? When you think about your mission, think about it for a minute. Just I have a sea moment. I had, to, had this. What if my mission in, life, in mission in life is not about the accomplishments I pursue, but really my mission is about the person I become? It's not about the raise, it's not about the job, it's not about retirement. What if it's not about any accomplishment I make? What if it's about the person, person I become? What if, what if, another question, what if, if the mission in our life is not about the life we build for ourselves, but about the impact we make on the lives of others? What if our mission is not about what we have at the end of the day, but it's about the impact we made at the end of the day? Right behind this drum enclosure, as the news is going on, or a testimony video, depending on the week, what's happening, you would find me staring, standing at the drum enclosure usually, and I'm just praying, and I say, God, I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. I don't want to be famous. I'm not trying to be whatever. I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. So I say, God, I'm available. Here's my voice. Here's my whatever you need. I want to go make a difference, and I believe this is what God's calling you and I to do, to make an impact on the world. Here's what impact means by definition. It's the force of impression of one thing on another, a mark left after contact. Here's what you need to know about changing your world around you. God wants to remind us that as we come into contact with people, our life is literally a force that leaves an impression. You are a force some of you are like, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's looking at your spouse. You are a force making an impact. What's an impact? Boom. Making an impact is a force of something that leaves an impression after contact. When you come into contact with people, what impression do you leave? We're supposed to make an impact. Now, listen, here's something that's good for you to remember. And I just got this this morning. That... All surfaces are not the same texture. Some surfaces are harder than others. So you can't always control the impression you make, but you can always control the force of your impact. I can run the same speed into concrete or into foam. There's going to be no difference in the force of my impact, but there's going to be a huge difference on the impression that's left behind. Some people you speak to, they're going to be hard. And you feel like, I'm not making an impression. You're going to try. You're going to be speaking to them. And it's like, I'm not making any impression. And so what will happen, a lot of times we will stop the force of our impact. And we think that's going to change the impression. No, 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 no. Don't change your force of impact. Just look for another surface. Hmm. God, you just let them, let them meditate on that. Put that in a crock pot. Put it on simmer. And let it go overnight. So now, here's our, our mission. Our mission is to be an influential force that brings transformation in society. How do we do it? Here's what he said in verse 19. He said, here's how you want to go fulfill your mission. Number one, we're going to baptize them. 
We're going to baptize. We're going to immerse them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's not just words we say at water baptism. That is actually immersing them into the person, into the name, into the character and nature of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. We're going to transform people by immersing them into the nature of God. That was step one. That was last week. Go back and watch it. Number two, <laughs> verse 20. Verse 20 said, after you immerse them into the name, into the character and nature of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then verse 20, he says, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. If I can help you out as a disciple, someone wanting to grow in your relationship with Jesus and your understanding of the Bible, here's a little trick, a little tidbit, something I do. When I read a verse, I read it and read it and read it until it speaks to me. If you want the Bible to speak to you, you cannot scan it. You have to eat it. Joshua, Joshua tells us that we meditate on the words of God. We meditate on it. You're not going to get revelation from God's word thumbing through it like a, like a feed on Instagram. You're only going to, so what I'll do is I'll read verse 20, teaching them to, how I got ready for this week. I started reading verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I commanded you. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Teaching, teaching them, teaching them to observe, to observe all things that I've commanded you. Teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. And from that, he began to speak to me. So if you want to read the Bible till it talks to you. If it hasn't talked to you yet, keep reading. Well, I've been reading it for 60 seconds. I've been reading it for five minutes. We'll, we'll just read a little longer. Read a little longer. We'll binge watch on Netflix, but we can't read the Bible for five minutes. I'm on episode seven in a row of this show on Netflix. How long's the show? There's an hour long. Seven hours straight. Anyway, so now teaching them. I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just saying, give yeah, teaching them, teaching them. That's what we need to say. Teaching, move on, Chad. Oh, so what's the first focus? Here's what I got out. Teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. I've commanded you, everything that I've commanded you. In order to receive commands, we can't teach someone else until we receive commands first. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, commanded you, commanded you. If we're going to receive commands, we have to have a commanding officer. So this deals in submission. Do you have a commanding officer and is their name you? I'm just throwing out questions. I'm not making accusations. I'm just... Do you have a commanding officer? And do they have a name other than you? Does it start with G? End with D? Have a big O in the middle. You have to have a commanding officer that you answer to that is other than you. He says, teaching them to observe all things that I command you. So my first responsibility is to receive, not teach. I'm not bossing people around and telling them to do something that I haven't received first. I'm never to preach something that I don't live. I'm not going to teach you to observe something that I don't pay attention to. It doesn't make the cut to get to here unless it's in here. I've got to live it first. I, I can't give a theory of what some people preach about. I've got to say, this is how I live my life. So now from there, I'm going to teach you. 
teaching them to observe what I have commanded you. So now you and I first, we have to receive. After that, after that, then we begin to teach others. Are you available to be commanded to do something? Are you available to receive commands? Three words for the theme, wherever, whenever, and however. Are you available for your mission? Wherever, whenever, and however. Are you available to receive commands? Do you receive commands from God wherever, whenever, and however? Or you tell him when, how, and where? When he tells you to do something, you say, well, I would, but right now I'm in a tough season. <laughs> we laugh because it's true. We, we put some spiritual terms on it. God says, hey, I need you to do this right now. Oh, gee, boy, I would, but yeah, I'm just not feeling, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it, God. Whenever, wherever, however, are you available? Let the Holy Spirit speak to us. So are you available? Then once we do it, then we teach them. Here's the word teaching means. It's a present active tense verb. So it's not a one-time class that you take and then you're done. Teaching them, provide instruction, impart skills or knowledge to. So it's an ongoing process. Are you available to teach others? Are you available to provide instruction? We talk about teaching. A lot of times, again, people get intimidated. Oh, you're talking about teaching like a book and curriculum. No, 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 no. Teaching is imparting skills and knowledge that you have to someone else. That's it. What has God showed you? Pass it on. Imparting it to someone else. Are you available to teach? Are you available to teach at the office? Are you available to teach at school? Are you available to impart knowledge in the lunchroom? Are you available at the store to impart? God has a word for you. It's got something he showed you. And God says, hey, would you share that with that person? Are you available to teach? Can you pass on what God's given you? Well, I'm not really a teacher. Yes, you are. You're an imparter of skills and knowledge. That's who you are. You can do it. Some of you could teach people a lot better than I can because you're going to speak from what's in here. So God's just saying, teach them. It's an ongoing process. Are you available to teach? Now, now what do we teach them? He says, teaching them to observe. Ongoing process, teaching them to observe. What's the word observe mean? When you see the word observe in English, we think it's the word to watch. Teaching them to watch. Teaching them to watch. Teaching them to watch. No, we're not teaching them to watch. The word observe in the Greek language, here's what it means for us here. It says to continue in a state, to obey, to guard, to take care of, to protect and maintain. So it's not just watching or listening to something. It's actually staying power. It's like actually guarding and protecting. So teach them to observe what I've commanded. Not just uh, get what I commanded you for a little bit, but guard it and protect it. Here's why. One of the most important things about being a follower of Jesus that I've seen in my life, in my own experience, and what I've seen in watching others, I've seen people come and go. It's easy to get fired up with what God's telling me in a moment, but it's a whole different deal to live it out over a lifetime. He says, guard and protect it. We've got to teach people to be in it for the long haul, not just till the feeling wears off. People are all in for the feel goods. Whoa, I'm on fire. Man, this feels good. Man, this God's doing this and that. That's awesome. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a time where it cools off. I'm not talking, and I mean, you, when you tell people that's on fire, they get offended. Don't tell me I'm going to come off. I'm not going to get watered down like you people. I'm just telling you, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And people that have just been mad at me and called me unspiritual, and called me unled by the Holy Spirit, whatever, because they're on fire, <laughs> I'm still here. Some of them aren't. 
Not, I'm not making judgment. I'm just saying we got to be in this with durability in mind, endurance in mind. The Hebrews says it this way, for you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. we got to teach people to observe, to guard and protect what God has commanded. So once God tells you something, now you've got to guard it and protect it. Maintain it. Maintain it. We need to do regular maintenance on our spiritual life, not just emergency Our relationship with Jesus should be more than just about crisis moments. Well, I really haven't prayed or talked to God in a long time, but crisis hits. Now, when crisis hits, coming to God, amen, come do it. That's the best thing. But I'm just saying that shouldn't be all it's about. We've got to maintain that, guard it, protect it, that even when I don't feel anything, nothing's going on. I've been this my kids, take, teach, taught my kids how to pray. We went through prayer times. I said, hey, when you pray about and Lucas, right now, he's got this thing. He's got this routine. He prays the same thing. And so I'm always asking, Lucas, hey, can you pray something else? You got, you got anything else? Like, he's only six. I know, but he needs to grow up, okay? <laughs> gotta, we're making soldiers here. And uh, so, he, so he's got this routine. He's going through the same thing. And I'm like, hey, you already said that twice in the same prayer. And uh, so what, what else you got? He's, I said, what, what else can you pray for? He said, I don't know. Nothing, nothing, nothing's wrong. We have this mindset that we don't need to talk to God unless something's wrong. So we have a crisis management relationship with God. Whenever there's a crisis, I come to God. Whenever there's a crisis, we, we need to come to God when nothing's going on. Just say, what's up, Jesus? Just hanging. Just letting you know I was thinking about you. I don't need nothing. I know it's bad grammar, sorry. I do not need anything. I'm working on my speech. Are you available for your mission? Are you still available? Teaching them to observe is that are they still available? So now, how do we do this? Wherever, whenever, however. I'm going to give you some steps here. Because I believe God's called us to transformation, a mission of transformation in our culture. So I'm going to run through six things. And I'm going to be really brief on them because they're, they're all good. But I want you to jot these down. Here's the application for you, for us. This is how I believe you're going to get transformation in your individual life and how we'll see transformation in our culture. And I'll try and put these together as we go along. So you ready? There's sermon notes. You can have them. So we have a mission of transformation. Are you available for this? Number one, step one for transformation is recruit. Everybody say recruit. Recruit. Come on, Mount Carmel. Say recruit. Recruit. So they got it. This means to pursue something new, to go after something else. Timothy says, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, Faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Transformation is about what we're moving towards, not just about what we're moving away from. When I say recruit, it's talking about if you're tired of the life you're living right now, you need to pursue a different one. You need to go after a new one. You need to have an image in your heart of the man you want to become, the woman you want to become, the father you want to become, the mother you want to become, the student you want to be, whatever it is. You need to have an image. This is what I want it to be, and you need to pursue that. Instead of just trying to get away from what you don't like, we've got to pursue something. We have to have a goal. Recruiting is about pursuing what God has for me and not just wanting to get out of where I am with no direction. How am I going to get transformation in an area of my life when I start pursuing something new in that area of my life? I'm not going to get a transformation in an area of my life as long as I complain about that area of my life. Well, I just don't like this about myself. My attitude just stinks. I just want a different attitude. I don't know what's wrong with my attitude. Well, pursue a different attitude. 
Go after a different one. You got to have a goal. You got to have something that you get up and say, I'm recruiting something new. This is where you call someone into something. Where someone is not where they need to be, you recruit them out of it. Well, they're just lost in drugs, they're lost in this sin, they're lost in that. They're lost. Well, call them out of it. That's recruiting them, recruiting them into destiny, recruit them into purpose. Well, I don't see it. I know, but God does. God doesn't see much in me either. <laughs> but he still recruits me every day. Come on, Chad. That attitude stinks right there. But I'm calling you into a good one. He's always recruiting. He's always recruiting. Number two, after you recruit him, you got a desire to change. you got to move towards something. But transformation is not just about moving away from something, but it's moving towards something. Number two, you got to train. Train. So you're, you're wanting something different? You want to change your life? Hey, I want a different life. That's great. You're recruiting that. Now you got to train for it. In other words, you got to go out and get the information on how do I do it. Training is, could be a lot of things. Training is, could be listening to sermons, listening to podcasts, listening to information, reading your Bible, where you're getting information. You're receiving information about what you need to do. In other words, I'm recruiting. I want to change this in my life, so now I need to get information. How do I get from here to there? Go to school. You want to change your thought life? Train your mind on what you need to think on instead of what you currently think on. Replace your bad thoughts with the thoughts that you need to be thinking about. In other words, I don't want to think this way anymore. Information is I need to know what do I need to start thinking. I need to get that information. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck with, I don't know how to get out of this place. I don't know how to change my life. I don't know how to do it. Go to school. Go training. This is how I got out of pornography. This is how I got out of sin in my life. I went to school and got information. This is how I live. This is how I think. This is how I operate. I had to learn a new way. I'm going to have to change my whole way of thinking. Now, number, number two, if you train, number three, then you've got to equip. It's about equipping. This is about applying that information. This is where a lot of times we fail in Christianity. A lot of times people are good at the training stage, receiving information, but they're bad at applying and equipping. In other words, the training session would be, I'm listening to sermons, and people just want to keep listening to sermons. We keep receiving, 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 receiving. We never apply. It never, you're never equipped for something until you apply what you heard. Well, that's a great sermon, preacher. See you next week. That person's life's not, probably not going to change. Probably not. You're not paying any attention to the sermon notes that I spent hours preparing. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just saying, equipping. We've got to be equipped. That's what we're talking about making soldiers. I'm, I'm not putting, you're not in this service. You're not so that whoever's speaking can just give you more information that you can go... It's like something's got to get in your heart. It's never going to change you up here. It changes when it gets down here. Man, my clock's... Anyway, are you with me? Are you with me so far? Training, equipping, what's next? Then you got to send. Send. Recruit, train, equip, send. Now you got to infiltrate. Infiltrate. Infiltrate is where you take what you've been equipped with and now you go out and you be an influencer with what's in you. In other words, too many times people make this mistake. They, be, they want to try and infiltrate before they've been equipped. Before they've applied it to their own hearts, they try to go out and be an influencer. And you're not an influencer, you're an influencee. 
But once you've equipped it in your heart, now you go out and now you become the thermometer and not the thermostat. So when I take the step of I've been equipped now, I've applied it in my heart, now I can go back into the circle of my friends that used to drag me down and I begin to pull them out. Got to, got, to, got to go, got to infiltrate. So this is why we don't stay in church. We get equipped, and now we go out there, now we infiltrate. We infiltrate everywhere. We're just like a virus. <laughs> oh, we're a virus. We're spreading the gospel. We're spreading hope. We're, we're contaminated with the love of Jesus. We got to infiltrate. That's not a disparaging comment. That's just how the gospel works. Step five, step five. Step five, now we've got to conquer. Recruit. You've got to train, get your information. You've got to apply your information. Then you've got to infiltrate. Then, then you've got to step four. Did I say five? Yeah, sorry. This is uh, step five. Yes, it's conquer. Four was sin. Yeah, four was sin. Now we've got to conquer. Conquer. Here's what uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 37 says. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We have to conquer. Once it's become a part of your life, you're equipped. Now we have to go out in the world and face opposition. And now you have to overcome opposition. In other words, not everyone that you go out, when you go out to infiltrate with your new revelation of life, not everyone's going to applaud you and go, that's fantastic. You're going to have to be equipped to now you have to conquer. And here's something that I wrote down. You never practice overcoming something in the absence of it. You never practice overcoming something in the absence of it. We think we're going to be overcomers because we don't have problems. No, in the face of problems is where you become an overcomer. In the presence of temptation is where I become victorious over that temptation. It's not when the temptation's gone, now I'm a victor. No, you're not. No, I'm not. I'm not a victor until I see it eye to eye. And I say, I see you, I hear you, and I'm going to railroad right over the top of you today. Depression, you try and drag me down, trying to get me to pull the covers right right over my head and lay here in depression. I'm going to pull over the covers. I'm going to jump. I'll say, Lord, this is a day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad. That moment you became a conqueror. You've got to be ready for it. Conquer. You've got to conquer. Look at your neighbor and say conquer. Last step. Last step you've got to occupy. Occupy. I've got to occupy. This word occupy means to guard. First Timothy says, oh, Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. A lot of times we'll make, we'll take, anybody ever felt like this? I want to relate with you. Anybody ever felt like that you've taken one step forward, two steps back? You ever felt that way? Me too. Here's the problem. Here's, here's what's happening. We fail to occupy the one step. We take a step forward. We've gained ground. There's a vacancy. We need to fill it. If we don't fill it and occupy, whenever the military takes new ground, the, the front line moves forward. They don't keep their base of operations way back in the same spot. They move the base of operations up with the front. 
as the front goes forward and they take new ground, the base of operations moves forward. Application for you and I. When God breaks and you take new ground in the spirit, you don't go backwards to the same thing. You move your base of operations up where now your new standard is your new level. Your new standard is not where you were a day ago, so you can go back and say, well, I'm still sorry. No, no, no. I took new ground. I'm not going back. I overcame that by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony, so I'm not moving back. I'm moving the base of my operation. Well, what if I fall? Then you repent and let the grace of God bring you right back to the standard of what he wants you to live in. Occupy. you got to occupy. we got to take ground and fill it. If we don't occupy it, if we don't guard it, if we don't protect it, the enemy will come right in and snatch victory right out from under our nose. Think we, we've got victory in an area we've overcome, and if we don't occupy it, if we just go la di da di da, you got to guard that bad boy. You got to protect it. You got to say, wait a minute, this is my relationship with Jesus. We're in a close space right now. There's times temptation, I will feel the enemy just trying to pull me away from God through discouragement, through whatever, and I've got to guard that. I've got to go to my prayer time and I say, no, you don't. God, I don't care if you feel a million miles away, I'm still going to pray to you today. I'm still going to worship you today, even if you can't hear me. I know he does, but I say it doesn't matter because I'm addressing the lie of the enemy. We got to do it. We got to do it. So here's the Here are the steps. Recruit, train, equip, send, conquer, occupy, equals transformation. Equals transformation. Here's the question I feel like God wanted me to ask. Are you available wherever, whenever, and however? Are you available? Or do you have specific terms on when you're available? I know I do. Can I be straight? There's times when I tell God when I'm available. Not right now, I'm tired. Not right now, I'm just, I'm not feeling it. Let me just encourage you. We're never going to feel our way into a new life. You're never going to feel your way into a new habit. you got to make a decision. you got to put your head down, and you got to go after it. you got to do it. You want to change your life? Then get new information from God. Start applying it to your life, and don't compromise anymore. You want to change a thought pattern? Then put new, think on these things, Philippians 4, 6. Tell yourself, I'm going to start thinking on these things, and anything that's not these things, I refuse to think about. When, well, what if I do, what do I do when the thought comes? Then you apply 2 Corinthians chapter 10. You take that thought captive and say, not today, liar. Well, that's been, it's just my mind's getting bombarded. Then you bombard it. You be the bombarder. You be the one making an impact. In football, they taught us that we don't take hits, we give hits. You don't run with the ball and try not to get hit. When someone's coming to tackle you, you make the impact. You're like, okay, you want to hit me? I'm going to hit you. Well, that's what we got to do spiritually. When the enemy comes in, we're like, oh, don't, don't attack. We got to say, boom, I'm coming. I'm coming with the word. I'm coming with the promises of God. And it's not going to happen by emotion because that's not always there. I got to stop. Just get encouraged because I, w- I want you to feel, I want people to know the struggle that I deal with, that I'm not immune. I'm not preaching from something that I don't deal with. I'm fighting because I know the enemy wants to shut my mouth. He wants to shut my mouth because he knows that when I'm releasing what God has put in my heart, it's making an impact. And when you release what God's put in your heart, it's making an impact.
It's making a difference. So are you available? Are you available? Whenever, wherever, and however. No caveats, no restrictions, no special circumstances for you. We love us some me. We love some me blessings. Oh, favor. Oh, Lord, I receive. I receive. Oh, blessing. Oh, the power of blessing. We love it, right? We love the blessing. We love us a good prayer of blessing on ourselves. What if God's asking you to bless someone else? I'm telling you, can I, can I give you a secret that Paul said? It's better to give than to receive. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.